welcome back to the Gridiron Gang Podcast. Week four, pick show. I want to give a special thanks to all of our new listeners. We are so thrilled to have you along with us. The downloads have been doing fantastic lately, so let's keep that rolling. And to the faithful, welcome back yet again. In the description, you can find all of our tags at Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, so on and so forth. So please go check that out. Rate, review, and subscribe if possible. That would all be great for us. So thank you so much. And Kier, let's kick it off. Let's get it started. We got a game in London this week. And what are we liking from that game? Yeah, it's, it's a bit strange when the first one overseas for the year. It would be nice to have that early on TV. We're on the West Coast. So I think we were at 6.30 in the morning. Get us off started right away with some football. I like for Bijan Robinson to get more involved. He's had over four, or he's had four or more catches every single game so far. And his over-under right now is at three and a half catches. So I really like that. This is kind of a hard game to predict because the Falcons can run the ball very well but they can't throw it whatsoever, and the Jags have kind of been a disaster so far for what expectations were put on them before the season. This one's hard to kind of get a grasp for. I think the Jags usually do quite well um, over in London. I lean towards the under 43. It scares me a lot because I think the Jaguars might have a game. I know I say that. I've been saying this every week so far, but I think they might have a game where they figure it out. And are able to put up some points. Um, but I like Bijan Robinson to have three, over three and a half catches. This is another game where I could see field goals being a part. I don't know if that's just because it's in London. And obviously over there, soccer's a lot bigger. So maybe it's just in my mind, kicking the ball should be more successful. But I could see the over on field goals as well happening. Yeah, you know they love their football. A different brand of football over there in London. But yep, I absolutely agree. They love seeing those field goals. They always go nuts when they happen in those games. And B. John, like you say, that's just a wonderful pick in my mind. He just seems to be the go-to target out of the backfield for Ritter right now because he struggles so much to move the ball downfield. So I love riding with that. I love the over three and a half, and I love the field goals as well. So I'm, I'm good with both of those. This is a game potentially I could see myself live betting. Um, I don't want to call for it, but if the Falcons, for some reason, finally make the decision and maybe give Taylor Heineke a shot, I would love to live bet them because he at least pushes the ball down the field. Kyle Pitts gets open. They just don't give him the ball. So I think he has at least the ability to make those throws. He may offer it up for the other team to intercept it a little bit more. Ritter's been pretty safe, but I don't know. I think they could have more success for Heineke, so if that happens... You'll have me live betting them. Much like Carolina last week with Andy Dalton, they give that ability to actually move the ball downfield like we've seen an ability from Bryce Young to do. So that's a great point you raise. And if he does get in the game, that's something to keep an eye on absolutely for sure. Uh, Moving on though, I want to say this is probably my lock of the week, whatever you want to call it. TJ Watt to record an anytime sack in the game against Houston. Houston is down to their third stringers on both sides of their tackles right now. Pittsburgh defense quite literally could not be looking better. They, they're they flying at everyone they're going against, and now they're going against guys who have most likely never even seen NFL action before yet. So let the beast eat TJ Watt, lock it in for a sack here. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, he's on a great pace so far this season for sacks. Um you said everything that needs to be said about that. I'll touch on it later in some of our other games. I actually have him in a parlay for that with a couple other stars just to record a sack. Um, the Steelers since 1970 are 48-13 and 13 against rookie quarterbacks. Now, that's a long stat since 1970, but 
they've only really had few a few head coaches in uh, in Pittsburgh since then, right? So these guys play well. They're always well coached. They're always well disciplined, and that defense is always aggressive. Originally, when I first saw this matchup, I was especially after last week, I said, "Ooh, the Texans could be live here," but with but them missing two offensive linemen for them and against this defensive line with Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt. I like the Steelers minus two and a half here, to be honest. Yeah, I like that. I, I like Steelers money line or the spread as well in this game too. Absolutely. Care. They can win it with their offense, which they showed last week. And of course the week before they showed they could win it with their defense. So I have TJ Watt. Like you said, that's a huge play for us this week. I like him in this with guys from another game, but you, you could even just pair him with Alex Highsmith, each of them to have a sack on the same side of the ball. And it looks like they're going to continue their success that they've had on that D-line. Yeah, and that stat that you read, oh, that, that speaks to the culture of the Steelers. That's what they're known for. They're known for being, like you say, very aggressive defensively. That's a long-term stat for a reason. Long-term coaching. They they do it the same way. They stick to their brand of football. It's going to be a long day for C.J. Stroud out there, who has looked very good this year. So nothing against him, just more to the injuries. Um Looking ahead, I'm looking at the LA Rams and the Indianapolis Colts, and I gotta tell you, this is a difficult one for me, Kier. I'm I'm not too sure how to process this game. I'm not too sure what sticks out to me personally, except for my guy, Michael Pittman. Over five and a half catches. He's hit this so far. Three weeks running for me, so I'm gonna stick to my guns. I'm gonna stick to Michael Pittman. No matter who's at quarterback, he seems to be the main target for that team. So that's where my eyes are going. I would like to know what you're thinking about this game. Yeah, we're kind of trying to keep to the same trends this year when we find success like we have with the field goals, um, some of these over on passing touchdowns for the quarterbacks or things like that. We've had success even pairing them with some others, so I think that's a great play. Michael Pittman has been locked solid for us this year so far, so I like that play a lot. I think as we go throughout the year and Matt Stafford's going to get hit a little bit more and get a little bit more contact, maybe banged up a little bit, I could see... The Rams slowing down. I mean, obviously, last week it was made uh, important to shut down Puka Nakua, right? It's the first kind of week that we really saw somebody game plan with him as their star receiver. Whereas those first two games, they didn't expect that and they were kind of just like, is he, can he keep banging us this hard when every, like, week after week with all these catches? Last week we saw that slow down. So this may be partially because I'm a Seahawks fan as well. So I don't like the Rams, but I like the Colts here. They've kind of been rolling. They've been pretty well. They're coming off a good win last week. They're well coached. Anthony Richardson coming back. I like him for an anytime touchdown at plus 140 as well. Um, if he doesn't end up playing and it's Gardner Minshew, I like Zach Moss for an anytime touchdown scorer. I just find that they're going to have that success and be able to run the ball. And, uh, the Rams have been able to put up some points in some of these games, but they've also let up points. And I don't necessarily think that the Rams defensively right now are anything to be scared of. So I like the Colts being able to score. Um, I might look, as it is a pick'em game, the over-unders at 46. I might look towards a Colts uh, team total over. I haven't quite decided yet. Kind of waiting to see if Anthony Richardson, because I think he adds another element to that offense. But if he plays, I like him for an anytime touchdown. And I do lean towards the Colts to win the game. Yeah, I, li I like everything you're saying. And that's a good point you raised about Matt Stafford getting dinged up too because we saw at the end of that Cincinnati game, they were feasting on him. They were getting to him very quickly, hitting him very hard time and time again. So will the offensive line hold up? Indy's D has looked pretty solid so far, I would say. DeForest Buckner making things happen every week. So good points there. I like everything we're talking about there. I could definitely ride with that as well. Um, 
yeah, another weird game for me, man. Minnesota Vikings and Carolina Panthers. I mean, talk about two underperforming, underachieving, whatever you want to call it. They are not living up to either of their fan base's expectations early on this year. And this is a toss-up for me as well. There's nothing that really stuck out across the board except for the fact, um, I'm like you mentioned it to me before we came on, Jordan Addison over 39 and a half yards or 38 and a half. The line's kind of changing back and forth right now. We've seen him get 40 yards in a single catch a couple times this year already. So I, I love the over on that total. That that stuck out to me big time. And I know you were looking at a couple other things yourself here, Kier. Yeah, the Panthers defense got beat up last week against Seattle. They had a couple guys get banged up. And the Seattle was pretty much able to move the ball at will on them, especially in the second half. The Vikings, I actually think, are pretty much the same team as last year. Last year, they were 11-0 in one-score games. This year, they've already lost. Pretty much all their games have already been close. Kirk Cousins leads the league in passing yards. Justin Jefferson leads the league in receiving yards. As I mentioned, or as you just mentioned, Addison, I have him at over 38.5 yards. I think that is a fantastic bet. I love that. I'm playing it. I'm also going to ride again like we did last week. Kirk Cousins, over 277 yards. He's been over that every single game so far this year. Kirk Cousins, over one and a half passing touchdowns. Parlay those two together. That's at plus 150. I also like Jefferson over yards. It's 99 and a half. You're basically just betting on him to have 100 or more yards or not. And I'll take that bet. I don't think the Panthers are going to look great. I think Bryce Young coming back almost slows that offense down. You saw the impact Thielen was able to have his best game by far for the Panthers with Andy Dalton in there because he was able to move the ball downfield. Jesse mentioned it in your guys' review show earlier this week. Bryce Young's, he doesn't throw the ball down the field at all. It's all check downs. I don't know if it's because they don't trust him or the play calling. They're just not comfortable yet, but they don't really trust what's going on there. I think that slows down. I lean towards the Vikings. Um, but I definitely like, I'll be playing a lot of those player props on the Vikings side of the game. Yeah. If I had to pick one, it would be Vikings as well. They just, they're a better team as of right now, a much better team. And they could deservedly. So like you say, these are one score games they are losing by slim margins. Carolina's never really looked like they were really in a game until Dalton took over last week and started slinging it. And even then it still was a very dominant win in the end by, uh, the Seattle Seahawks last week as well. So yeah, if I had to lean one way, it would definitely be to the Minnesota Vikings as well in that one, Kier. That's a great point. Um, yeah, here's a game I really don't even like. I don't even want to talk about this game. It's the Ta- Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. And I would tell you right now, had I known Derek Carr would be healthy for this game, this would be a lot more confidence from me personally as a Saints fan going into this one, thinking we're going to take a win. Jameis Winston under center, mixing in with some Taysom Hill. Not so much. Look, I'm, I'm so thrilled to have Alvin Kamara back. I think he's going to bring a huge presence to this offense. But at the same time, Tampa Bay has one of the best rushing defenses in the league. Yes, I know they got lit up last week, but that's by one of the best offensive lines and one of the best running backs in football in DeAndre Swift this year so far. And that like it's a different type of test this week for New Orleans to find a way to move this ball against Tampa Bay, I believe. Totally. Tampa's kind of a weird one because they played two bad teams in the Vikings and the Bears and looked really good. And then they played a good team in Philadelphia and they didn't look as good. Mike Evans had a great game, but as we know, Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore in this matchup, it's something I plan on staying away from. Usually Mike Evans is one of our bell cow receivers that we like to 
hammer and follow because he seems to put up very consistent numbers for us. Um, but this game is a total stay away in that sense for me between in that matchup because you just don't know who's going to come out on. He on could be top. out of the game in a quarter right, against yeah, Mark exactly. They, yeah, We've they seen can both get kicked out for getting in a fight, and then you, you, none of your bets are going to hit. This would be a game usually that I would just say, let's keep riding the Saints kicker, right? But last week it was set up, would have cashed a parlay for us and a straight up bet if he would have hit that kick. Jameis Winston didn't really do much when he came in until that last drive, but did get them down into a good, I believe it was a 48-yarder, which is in today's game, that's just a good field goal opportunity. Um, But if Derek Carr's been hurt all week, that also means that's a full week of practice as the starter with reps for Jameis Winston. And we know Jameis Winston from his time in New Orleans or previously with the Buccaneers that he's willing to throw the ball. I think he has the season with the 10th most passing yards all time. Oh, just over 5,000. But he also threw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions yeah. that that year. So you don't really exactly know what you're getting for him. I could... The only consistency you do know about this game is the Bucks have a pretty good run defense and the Saints defense is very good. I do lean towards the Saints because they're at home. I know you don't want to hear that. I don't think because that you just have no feeling on this game, but... At home and Marshawn Lattimore potentially being able to get Mike Evans skin. I don't know if the Bucks can keep up with that Saint defense. I'm going over field goals here. And we'll just hope last week was an anomaly. Um, if we know more if Derek Carr ends up getting cleared, maybe I will place a bet on the Saints. I know, like you said, Alvin Kamara back. But what impact can he have against a defense like this? He hasn't played football in a while. So might feel like a preseason game for him just to get his legs back under. So I think I'm just going to take the over on the field goals in this game. Yeah, that would be the one thing I would be comfortable with here as well. Like like we said, both defenses very good and probably going to make it very difficult for these offenses to find the end zone in this one, especially as a divisional matchup. These teams historically always play each other very close. The Saints have got the best of the Bucks with Brady in charge for a while there, so... They're going to look to keep it rolling, but I, I love the field goals here too. I don't see this. If the if the total was a little higher, I'd feel much more comfortable going under. But when it's in like the 39-point range, that, that scares me a little bit on the totals. But I love the field goals one way or another here as well. That, that stands out to me in a big way, especially with all the uh, unknowns surrounding the Saints offense right now. Um, yeah, so ne- next on the docket, I got us with the Washington Commanders best name in football against the (laughs) Philadelphia Eagles and you know what Sam Howell got absolutely obliterated last week it was sad to watch Uh, I'm I was a fan of what they were able to do in the first two games this season they they came across a different beast against Buffalo last week he got hit so many times that I started losing count I believe the total was nine sacks in the game against Buffalo Philadelphia's got one of the scariest, one of the fastest defensive fronts in all of football here. And yeah, I think it's going to be more of the same this week. I think it's going to be a struggle for that offense on Washington with their offensive line right now. For sure. If you're the commanders, you're kind of hoping after your young quarterback gets beat up like that and has his worst game as their starting quarterback, you kind of hope that your next week would be against maybe a little of a team that struggles on the pass rush or something. But you're you, that's not the case. They're going to play the Eagles. They have so much depth in their defensive line that they can keep guys fresh. Jalen Carter looks like a superstar already up the middle. He's surrounded by ex-Georgia Bulldogs who are keeping him in the right place, keeping him focused. they got great veterans on that team mixed with young players. 
there's a lot of controversy that people are trying to talk about around the the butt push or whatever with that 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 sneak that they run i think it's stupid that people think it should be illegal it's like just stop it if you don't like it it's just in the rules so i think the eagles just win here and i i think the eagles are a team that early in games might not look like they're gonna blow a team out or the score might not look like they blew a team out but they're just going to wear on teams. They're going to beat them up. They're going to run the ball down your throat. They're going to stop you from running it. They're going to make you earn third downs, uh, third and sevens, third, third and long. And they're going to make you, like, they're going to dominate time of possession. And if you're going to win, you have to be quick. you got to be efficient. And you have to be physical against them. I don't think the commanders are going to be able to do this. I think maybe their D-line for the commanders starts off physical and competitive. Um, I think ultimately, on both sides of the ball, the Eagles will find success and end up dominating. I just, yeah, nothing tells me that the Commanders can win this, so I think this would be a great game for maybe a survivor pool or something like that. I just, it's too hard to, it's too hard to bet against the Eagles in this one. I lean towards running Eagles props. Um, DeAndre Swift has had two fantastic games. He's 170 and 130 yards. Rushing in the past two games, 300 over the past two games. Crazy numbers. Jalen Hurts with a rushing touchdown last week. Uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith both didn't find the end zone last week, but A.J. Brown had some good yards. Um, look for those guys to get involved. They just have so many weapons, so sometimes it can be a little bit tough choosing which one to bet a prop on because the one week you bet Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown like the, has 75 yards in the first drive. And they go back and forth like that. So be careful who you pick. I like Jalen Hurts probably to get a rushing touchdown. Just because I like that it pisses people off when they run that play. And you so know it's I coming too. Like yeah, you say, no one they, can stop it. Go ahead and stop it. They tell you it's coming. Yep. They line up for it. And then they do it anyways, right? So I think that when something's that successful, that's a bet that you're willing to be like, oh, no, it didn't work this week. That's fine. I'll, you have to be willing to lose some of those bets. There's good losses and bad losses. If it's not something you want to be willing to take the risk on, then you should stay away from it. A Jalen Hurts rushing touchdown in that sense um, is worth it to me. Yeah, and it's very apparent to me so far that Philadelphia has yet to play their best football, and they're 3-0. and And that just speaks to the depth, like you've mentioned. On both sides of the ball, they can hurt you defensively, offensively, all across the board. And I don't think we've seen them even come close to playing their best yet. So oh, I, I, love, never I love the survivor pool play personally because yeah. I hate betting big spreads personally. But like I love taking that into a different retrospective and using it in that type of sense this week. Yeah, maybe they haven't played their best football yet, but their confidence is 100% there. And I think if they, for the first time this season, when they do get in a real sticky situation, I think they're going to have the belief and the poise with the deep run they made last year to get themselves out of that situation. I don't think they're going to have a big panic and stuff like that. I think they're ready and they're prepared. And I think, I mean, obviously, I think it's going to be a great season for the Eagles and maybe another Super Bowl um, trip for them. So them or the 49ers look really good right now. Look like the clear two favorites there. So, Yep, cut above the rest early on. Uh, this next game gets my juices going. This next game gets me hyped up, man. We're talking Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills. Uh, I think this is easily everyone circled on the map. Match of the week right here. Whatever you want to call it. Buffalo's rolling in. Looking very, very good on both sides of the football the last two games. Miami's coming off, as we all know, one of the most historic wins in NFL history. There's so much to get excited about. So much to talk about for this game. From a betting aspect, 
I want to mention Buffalo is 7-0 and in their last seven at home against these Miami Dolphins. Mind you, obviously, there's moving parts and interchangeable parts in these teams during those games, but those are statistics that run true, and that's something to think about here. Kier, what, what do you like the most about this matchup? Yeah, obviously the speed is the X factor for the Dolphins, right, on their offense. They have all those fast guys. Jalen Waller didn't even play last week, and that matchup, he's back this week. But the linebackers for the the Bills have also been great. Mike Milano is awesome. Uh, They get around the field. They're everywhere. They're fast. The Bills are very good at switching off on zone coverages and and staying disciplined and playing their zones, which I think can be something that is very successful against the Dolphins. Um, It's very hard not to take the Dolphins. They're plus 2.5 in this matchup. With what they've been able to do so far this year, especially on offense, it's really hard not to just take that number. Um, I might still end up taking that number, but at home, like you said, for Buffalo, I it just seems like they win these games at home, right? Like that that home field advantage is part of what makes the difference. Um, it is early in the year, so it's not really going to be a weather issue for the Dolphins. But I, I, I do lean, as of right now, towards the Bills. I might end up flipping on that just because the Dolphins are too tempting at plus money but I think the Bills are rolling the Dolphins are rolling and I think that the 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 Bills at home I like them to take advantage I think the the Dolphins are going to be slowed down definitely compared to what last week was so I lean towards the Bills at home here one thing that sticks out to me here and we've talked about this for some other picks we've made already is Tyree Kill touchdown He's yep. done it every game so far. I, Show me someone that could stop him, and then maybe I'll think about it. But for me, I love it. Anytime touchdown, let's see the G on, to get in there again. And on top of that, any I think really any two guys on that Dolphins offense, if you want to do a touchdown parlay for two guys, or you want to choose uh, Tyreek Hill, Devin Achain, or Raheem Mostert, or even Jalen Moto, any of those guys to potentially get two or more touchdowns themselves. I mean, obviously we saw last week, it seemed like everybody was getting touchdowns. And, Atchane had two receiving, two running, like Mostert had a few. Like any of those guys, or pairing one of them together, Mostert and Hill, and pairing those two guys, and you're going to get pretty good value plus money, two guys on the same. I think this Dolphins team is going to be able to score touchdowns against every single defense in this league. Um, You could even just take it over, team total, two and a half touchdowns, something like that. I think there's a lot of ways that you can attack this Bills um, betting wise and you could find your pockets to find success with them yeah i i just can't wait this i just can't any wait way to you watch want it this really game. and like you say so far yeah. it's any any way you want it you've had success with them so yeah. it's pick your poison at this point and hope you hope hope you don't get bit yeah if things are working with you don't go away until they stop working with you that's mm-hmm. something i've learned throughout my time of doing this that that's something that reigns true especially in a game where you're talking two high-powered offenses, man. Like the the Bills D is looking great the last two weeks, but they're against a different animal right now. And this Miami speed on their offense, and they, like you said, any one of these playmakers can hurt you multiple times in this matchup. So that's a great point that you make there, and something that I think is worth throwing a couple on if you're gonna make a couple different moves on this game. Don't think that you're gonna just go on key in on one guy when there's so many guys. That could hurt you in this matchup. Yeah, and to stay on that, it's like you said, the trends. We've been following some trends that have been quite successful for us. And Tyreek Hill's been very good at this. But if you lose that bet or you lose one, like you're going to lose a couple. You know, Betting's not a sure thing. You're never going to win everything. So 
stay with it sometimes. If you know a guy is going to have 9 out of 10 great games, don't be scared when you lose that one to just be able to, to go back to the well and and try to keep finding success. Yeah, man. And anyways, next next up for us, we got Cincinnati against Tennessee. And me personally, very easy. I'm just going to go with Cincinnati money line in this one. Cincinnati minus two and a half, however you want to look at it. For me, Cincinnati is just a much better football team than the Tennessee Titans at this moment in time. And there's talks already. Joe Burrow's feeling better. Joe Burrow's getting healthier by the day. We just saw Jamar Chase finally show who he is he had an explosion of a game in week three they utilized him differently they had a lot of motion a lot of preset slips for him running him out of the slot i love everything about how that offense looked even though it wasn't their best uh statistical day big win against the rams and i think they're just going to turn a corner from here and really see this team get going from here going forward here so i love the money line and i love them with the spread as well in this one yeah like you said i i was off the Titans, and then week two, they had a great game against the Chargers, and I've started to drink the Kool-Aid a little bit, and then last week, they showed me against the Browns that they really just are that bad. Derrick Henry's non-existent, basically. He had 11 touches. Spears is getting more touches. It's, there seems like they can't throw the ball. They can't, their defense can't really stop stuff either, so I think this is looking, like you said, the, the way the Bengals D looked last week to get after Tannehill and Derrick Carr and stop the run. And I think Joe Burrow is ready to have that game this season that people go, oh shit, that's Joe Burrow. We forgot, right? Jamar Chase, over six and a half receptions. I know the first two games he didn't have good ones. Last week he had 12, I believe. He was all over. They finally started moving around. You and Jesse had good emphasis on how simple their offense has been. And this is them moving around. They finally try something different and how much success they had. I think they try to open it up a little bit downfield. Uh, T. Higgins got a little banged up last week. He seems fine. So I think the Bengals, this is a game where the Bengals really show uh, who they are. Um, I don't mind over 41, the over. I think the Bengals could put up potentially almost th like 30 themselves. I could see this being 28-17, something like that. Um, I like the Bengals minus 2.5 though for sure and chase over receptions. Yeah, I'm not even going to go into this too much. It seems simple for both of us. I, I think we're locked in on that. It's hard. Think... So it's been hard so far this yeah. year. The Bengals have been, you've kind of had to pick and choose. And I think we've been kind of right on the Bengals um, for the most part on how they've looked this year because of the way they started last year. Um, and then I think this is time the Bengals really show that they're, they're back and they kind of get back to even, back to 500 and really show that they're ready to start their season. Yeah, especially with um, all the injuries with the Baltimore Ravens in their division, and we're going to go right back to that matchup coming up as well because it's the Baltimore Ravens versus the Cleveland Browns in a big divisional matchup this week. And speaking of all those injuries, because of that fact, I, I like the Cleveland Browns' money line. I like the Cleveland Browns' minus one and a half. I'd even potentially do an alternate spread and boost that up a little bit because, to me... This Cleveland D is starting to separate themselves among the elite in the NFL as of right now. Through three weeks, you're starting to see a clear-cut thing that they're showing up every single week right now. They haven't won every game, but they're keeping them in every game and at points dominating games with Miles Garrett leading that uh, front unit for Cleveland. Yeah, so the Browns defense has allowed 20 first, 21 first downs in the first three weeks this season. That's insane. The next closest, I think, team is in the 40s. So they're leading that by a wide margin. 
Deshaun Watson last week I said I'm 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 over this guy and he needs to prove it to me and then he instantly went out and had his best game in a Browns uniform so that was tough. Um but if he's able to play like that, their O-line's good, they're going to be ha- able to have success running the ball even with Ford. I Kareem Hunt, I'm assuming he's going to be instated a little even just a couple touches into this game. He is a guy who's not just a running back that you're bringing in to fill a void, which he can't fill Nick Chubb. Obviously, he's one of the best backs in the game. You can't fill, but you try to as much as you can. And Ford's been doing a good job for them as well. But Kareem Hunt was with this team. He's friends with these guys in these locker rooms. He knows these coaches. He has these relationships. He loves his fan base. This fan base loves him. He's coming back, and he's playing for Nick Chubb a bit. So I think that's a good person to have in the locker room. Well, I know he's not a good person. We know Kareem Hunt isn't necessarily known as a good dude, but we at least know that in that locker room, he's going to get along with everyone and bring a little bit of good energy for them. The Ravens are just beat up. Rashad Bateman and OBJ are both out. Their old line's been banged up. Their defense is banged up. Um, I like what Lamar's been able to do so far this year, but I just think the Browns are a little bit too much. Um, I like the Browns here, minus one and a half. Yeah, that's I'm not, I'm not even going to... even push that to minus two and a half to they win by a field goal exactly. and, and maybe get a little bit better odds and try to push that just into plus money if possible. Exactly. I'm someone that loves player props and everything, but I'm not even going to go there with this game. I think no. this is straightforward. I love Cleveland. I love them at home. I love the dogfight. <laughs> I love that aggressive mentality they're bringing on defense with Jim Schwartz getting those edge what, rushers going. If that defense gets going and physical and Look starts out. shutting down the Ravens at home... That fan base, the dog pound, they'll be ready to go. They're jacked up. This is the best team they've had in years. They're finally, Watson is finally maybe looking worth that contract with his play on the field. So let's see how far these Browns can go. This could be really exciting. These Browns could be putting together a stretch here that shows that they're a legitimate contender in the AFC, which some people had, but I don't know if people had them this high up especially if they can get an early win over the Ravens and with the slow start that the Bengals have had yeah it's a cliche in sports but you've heard the term used before defense wins championships and that's no exaggeration and these guys are showing this year they have an elite D to bring to the table um and speaking of elite D we're gonna go to two teams that have no resemblance of the word (laughs) whatsoever as of right now and that's the Denver Broncos versus the Chicago Bears in Chicago um yeah what can we really say about both these teams right now it's not looking pretty for either side it's three games into the year both teams are sitting at zero and three and both teams have yet to really show anything for their fan bases to get anything really excited about although i will say offensively for me personally watching denver this year that is not where the problem lies i think russell wilson is starting to show signs that he's coming back to life he's starting to show flashes that he's getting along well with these uh receivers now chemistry wise and learning the new system under sean payton and yeah i think this is a get right game for these denver broncos against the bears i I think they're gonna they're gonna come they're gonna show up and they're going to display that they're just the better team right now because the both these teams are not very good. But I, I think uh, the Denver Broncos more so have a bigger point to prove. And I also like uh, Sutton to go over four and a half catches. He just seems to be Russell Wilson's main target right now. Like I, Jesse's mentioned it to me before multiple times. He's like, I want to see Mims more involved in the offense. And I think everyone does because, wow, He's averaging, I don't know how many yards of play or a touch he's getting right now, but until he does get more involved, I'm going to go with the guy who currently is involved, and that's Sutton, who's getting the most receptions out of this Denver unit right now. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I actually think that 
the Broncos came out of last week better than the Bears did, even though they got 70 put up on them, and Miami probably could have just gotten the record and went for that field goal. Um, but the Broncos have had success on offense, like you said. Russ has six touchdowns through three games. He basically has the same stats as Patrick Mahomes. Now, I know the games have been way different, and I know all that, but he really isn't the issue there this year. Last year, everybody kept saying, if these guys could just score 18 to 20 points, they would win all these games. They would have been like 11 and 6 or whatever. Well, guess what? They're putting up 20 points a game right now, and they're losing these games, right? But they could easily beat 2-1. and one. That Raiders game, they the Broncos are not as bad as the results are showing in parts of their game. Their defense has obviously been disappointing, especially because of last year. And just to touch on Marvin Mims, like you said, obviously we we need to get you need to get him more touches, right? He's been so explosive. He's a rookie. Work him in, especially when things aren't going your way. But that doesn't always mean that that guy is going to be able to keep up those productions or averages with the more touches you get in as well, right? But I do lean towards Broncos here. I think Bears are really in trouble on both sides of the ball. I think Justin Fields, with all the pressure and all the media and everything like that, is a little bit lost right now. We still don't know what issues were happening there with that defensive coordinator. Everything about the Bears is bad. Um, So I like the Broncos. I like the Broncos here. Minus three, I don't really love. If I had to pick my favorite bet of this game, I'm riding Russ over one and a half touchdowns. Passing touchdowns, it's plus 115. You know, he had one last week. Granted, it was a blowout, so it was kind of just... It was a little bit like whatever, right? That game is almost easier to take than the Bears' loss to the Chiefs because seventy you get 70 put up on you, you can just bury the tapes and you can move on. You go, that was so bad, and now you're playing, you have an embarrassment. Whereas the Bears, it was still embarrassing loss, but it was a normal margin embarrassing loss. So you kind of just move on thinking it's another big loss instead of like, this one's so bad it pisses you off like... I hope that the Broncos players have been waking up with a shit-eating grin on their face. Just like, you got to be ready to go this weekend. Sean Payton has to be fired up. He's there for the long haul, right? He's there to win. He's there to turn that... he's getting paid a lot of money to do that. Yeah, and these new owners have showed they're willing to do whatever it takes to win here. They put in new playing surfaces. They brought in the head coach. They paid a quarterback. They're doing whatever they can. Whether it's the right decisions or wrong decisions, they're trying. And they're going to continue to try. So I don't think... The Broncos are necessarily dead this season. I mean, a couple plays difference, and they could just be winning two games. Two, they easy. could be up yeah. two. They could be two and one. And yeah, you got blown out by maybe the best team in football right now because that's how good the Dolphins' offense look. And now you're playing at the Bears for a chance to go three and one. If you told me, if the Dev you told any Denver Broncos fan they had a chance to go three and one after this weekend, they would be fucking pumped, right? They would be really excited. So. I like Broncos here, but I like Russ over one and a half touchdowns, especially he's had success in the first half before adjustments have been made. Um, when he's playing free, I think they have a chance to put up some points earlier. I actually like the over 46 here because the Broncos defense has been bad too. Justin Fields, I'm hoping can just have a game where he turns it up and just goes, fuck it, I'm running again. Like I'm this, I'm I'm doing whatever I have to do, plays free, and is able to maybe just gain those yards. So I like the over 46, I lean the Broncos, and I like Russ over one and a half touchdowns. Now, I don't know if this is a game that's going to be making it onto my TV with select options, but I will be rooting. Something that sticks out to me too, just because I know Sean Payton very well, and I know how he used to operate in New Orleans, um, I think they got to really trust the run game here. I think they got to establish a physicality early on in this matchup, and because of that fact, I want to see... 
Javante Williams get over 13 and a half carries. I, I think that's a big thing for Denver to establish themselves in this game. Control more possession, keep that defense off the field a little bit longer because they've looked like really, really lost at times and they, they need as much help as they get. So I think Javante Williams, I'm liking it the more we're talking about this game for him to go over 13 and a half carries in this one as well, Kier. That's just something that stuck out to me out of nowhere right now, so I'm keeping my eye on that. Yeah, they're a team that needs to run it more than they pass it, have that run game, open up that passing game, and so far this season they've been passing it a lot more than they've been running it. Now, granted, I know this last game they were behind, so it's tough to just run the ball in the second half when you're trying to make up a big deficit, but they need to establish that run, get Javante's legs, Pookie Williams, get him going, have an explosive game from him, we all know Russ can throw a beautiful deep ball out of a play action or when he's moving. Get Mims involved. Like you said, Sutton's been a good target for him. Jerry Judy has been back. He's healthy. He's gotten his feet under him now, so let's hope for a big game from him. And yeah, We'll see which one of these teams. Let's see if the Broncos are really that bad. you got to assume that if the Broncos lose this weekend, you're going all in for Caleb Williams. You're, you're just tanking at that point because if you're losing to the Bears and you're losing to the Raiders – and you're losing to the Commanders, and those are your all your losses. And you almost get and you get seventy hung on you. You almost got to think about just packing it up and trying again next year. One eye on the future, yeah. This this next game, Kier, it's a little bit tough, man. Uh, it's the Raiders and the Chargers. These are two unpredictable football teams for me. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's in, he's been in concussion protocol this week so far. Yeah, I, I really don't know where I'm going with this one, except for the fact that we talked about beforehand. Keenan Allen, he, he just remains the guy. And Mike Williams just went out with that uh, season-ending injury. Very unfortunate for this Chargers team and that big win they had against the Vikings. I just And I, I'm, I'm hearing Austin Eckler, as of right now, is doubtful for this game yet again. So I don't really know where else Justin Herbert is going to go except to Number 13, his guy, Keenan Allen, time and time again throughout this football team against a Raiders secondary that is lackluster at best in my mind. Yeah, the Chargers have started to show the ability to win these games a little bit, right? They just won a close game. Um, like you said, Keenan Allen had 212 yards, I believe, on 18 catches last game. But Mike Williams is now down. He's out. ACL, I believe. Austin Eckler... I don't know. I've seen some pages, but it's like NFL rumors and stuff saying that he's ruled out. I've seen other things where he says that he's good to go. You don't really know until the end of the day, until like they, you know, they like to play these mind games leading up to these games, especially a divisional matchup. But the Raiders are bad. We don't know if Jimmy G's playing. I think if he's not, they should give that Aiden O'Connell, that rookie, a chance. I think he's out of Purdue. I think he, he will at least go for it. They have weapons, right? Uh, Devontae Adams is fantastic. He showed last week that he's still basically just open on every play. They have to get Josh Jacobs involved. He led the league. He was a rushing leader last year. Now they have one of the worst rushing offenses in the league. It's it's kind of crazy to see. Maybe that's because of his holdout in the offseason. And he was waiting and waiting and waiting. So he just needed a couple weeks to get his legs back. But it doesn't look like that off offensive line is capable of making holes for him to, to take advantage of. I lean the Chargers here because I think Justin Herbert is just finally starting maybe to turn that corner. Maybe they're one of the teams, whereas like the Vikings last year were able to start winning some games. So I'm hoping the Chargers throughout this year can start winning games, but 
they're always just bit by the injury bug, aren't they? There's always, it always seems Mike Williams is out, Keenan Allen is out, Austin Eck, one of those guys is out, and it scares me because, yes, they have more weapons. They have Joshua Palmer, they got uh, Gerald Everett, the tight end, they got Quentin Johnson, the rookie, but I just would love to see this team operate at full strength for once, and it just leaves too many question marks. So I'm with you. I lean towards Keenan Allen props. I mean, he'll get open. He'll get the ball, right? That's just, he's just that good. Like we talk about every week, there's some guys that are just that good. And I'm willing to bet that against a not so good Raiders defense, that he'll have opportunities to have success. You could go with a touchdown. I like his over receptions and over yards. You could parlay all three of them if you really wanted to. Any which way, but I think Keenan Allen has to be a focus this week. Yeah, that's that's the only place I'm looking for this one, Kier. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, New England Patriots, Dallas Cowboys. I like the under here a yep, lot. I like it. both of these defenses. Yep. I, I think the Cowboys defense especially is going to feel a big sense of embarrassment coming off that big loss to Arizona last week. They're going to come ready to kill this yep. week, and they're going to be flying. And you spoke earlier before we came on, Mika Parsons. He remains that guy. We love him in the, in a parlay we're going to speak of later, but I also love him as an individual sack in this game as well. Just stop him if you can, New England, because I don't think you can. I don't think anyone can right now. He's just that good. Yep, so the par- the parlay I was mentioning earlier when, when we talked about the Steelers and TJ Watt is um, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, each to record just one sack is plus 243. You're not asking a lot from guys that go out there and get it done every week, right? They are all freaks. They're all in contention, realistically, for a defensive player of the year. Obviously, each fan base is going to try to root for their own guy and have a have a story for their own guy and why he should be it. But all these guys to only record one in each game, that's a pretty high likelihood, I find. And if I can get that plus money for those guys to freak. Like you said, this is a defensive matchup. Both these teams have strong defenses that game plan well for other teams. Dallas Cowboys getting embarrassed last week. They are angry, that front seven. They're, they don't want that to happen again, right? They want to prove that they really are that good and they are, that they're a, a true contender in the NFC. But also, on the other side of that, is both these offenses have shown that they flutter at times and that they can't get it done and they can get stagnant a little bit. Um, the Patriots always game plan. Like, is there a worry? There's been a lot of talk about Ezekiel Elliott, but not only him, also Will Greer. The former West Virginia West Virginia quarterback that was in Dallas, who had the, in this preseason, they gave him a chance to put on a show to try to get a, a job somewhere else, and he put on a show, and now he's with the Patriots. So they got two guys that know a lot of those offensive play calls. Ezekiel has spent a lot of time in that offense, and obviously a backup quarterback, you're pretty in tight with what's going on and what signals are being used and stuff like that. And the last person you want to give inside information to is Bill Belichick. Because he takes advantage advantage of it better than any coach ever in the NFL, right? So, I like the under. I like the over and the field goals here. And if I had to lean towards a single player prop, it would probably be a Tony Pollard touchdown. I think he's dynamic enough. He gets touches. He's just... He's a, one of those guys that's very hard to stop for an entire game because of his dual threat ability. But I love the under and I love over the field goals and we can parlay that with a couple other games with the field goals to get those those have been cashing for us we love it especially i know this isn't a primetime game but especially primetime games have been great for us but yeah this is the under i think i think your better chances to get 
points from the defenses than the offenses this week. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And that's that's something that we'll keep on coming back to as well is the under with the field goals. Just think about that if you're doing this on your own on the side. Those two things tend to go very well together. So keep a note of that going forward. You know, when listening. I looked at this slate early on, I actually kind of had in my mind that the, the Pats are a live dog here and I think the Patriots might win this game. I actually don't like it as much since the Cowboys lost last week because it's almost that that wake up call that you need when you get caught, right? Like they, Michael Parsons and Dag even said it when everybody talking in the media about how they're good, it kind of started to get to their own heads a little bit. So this was this is a bit of a get right game for them, which scares me. So I'll probably stay away from it. But the Pats plus six and a half in a game that we think is going to go under and that could be decided by field goals, six and a half can be quite a few points. Yeah, no, I, I love the points here, too. Um, speaking of points, we're going to a game with the most Oof. points given up on the whole docket this week, and that's the San Francisco 49ers against the Cardinals, and they are minus 14 in this game here. As of right now, there's some questionable injuries, so the player props are not available on the services that we're using, so hard to speculate on what we might do there, although there are definitely potential plays with all of the playmakers that the San Francisco 49ers possess but yeah as of right now those lines are unavailable and what do you think about all these points against the Cardinals team that is so far impressed in many parts this year so far they've looked very good and been very competent in every game you know I saw earlier that Hollywood Brown um I believe with a thumb injury is questionable for this game I you gotta lean towards he's gonna play if it's a thumb you could maybe tape it up or whatever whatever they can do they were explosive last week, the Cardinals, and they have confidence. They shouldn't be that good, but they're playing like they believe in themselves that they can win every game, which is dangerous, right? Because they come in with nothing to lose. 14, you're right, is a lot of points. I mean, as a Seahawks fan, I wish both these teams could just somehow lose this game. I know that's not really possible, but you got to lean towards... I mean, that's too many points in a sense, but the 49ers are are so so good on both sides of the ball it's a lot of points for a 43 and a half under but and the cardinals are three and oh against the spread i kind of lean towards that just because of their success against the spread it seems like maybe they're almost playing to cover spreads sometimes um but this is another game where we have bosa sack something like that he was another guy I was maybe thinking about doing i might do another little party parlay with maybe him Hunter out of Minnesota, and we talked about um, Highsmith as well on that. Highsmith, yeah. yeah, out of the Steelers, and Henderson out of the uh, the Bengals. These are all guys that are elite pass rushers, and it's so hard that if you give them single cover, if you're not double teaming them, he's going to find a way to get at least close to your quarterback, right? So I think that's a good play. For me personally, as a Seahawks fan, I with a little bit of personal, like I don't really want either of these teams to be successful. I'm probably just going to stay away from this one. Um, divisional matchups with that biggest spreads can often just get weird and you don't really want to sit be sitting there on a Sunday afternoon hoping for the Cardinals field goal to cover or the 49ers to make one last drive and get some points. So this is one that I'm probably mostly going to stay away from. Yeah. I... Actually, sorry, I just got a notification on my phone. Brandon Ayuk's back. He's fully good to go. He's healthy again. I maybe have a bias on him as well because he's one of my fantasy guys that I always try to pick up. But him coming back fully healthy, Debo was banged up last week. You can see that if they start to get a little separation in the game, maybe Debo takes a couple plays off. 
I think this is where you could find obviously McCaffrey touchdown, but at this rate, I think it's almost minus two hundred. Like it's, at this rate, they know he has so many t- games of touchdowns. Now, if you're doing something like a Bosa sack or you want something with Ayuk twenty five, fifty yard milestone, anything like that, McCaffrey is obviously a great piece to throw in. Or if you have another game where you have someone who you have a really strong feel about, even if it's like a Jordan Addison, something like that, a really strong bet, and you want to pair it with something just to get your odds up a bit, McCaffrey's always a great parlay piece in that sense because in that offense with that coaching Mike Shanahan, or Kyle Shanahan, sorry, not his dad, um, they, he just finds the end zone. They use him in so many smart ways, catching, running. He's he's just going to find the end zone. 12 in a row now part. for McCaffrey, yeah, looking to break the all-time and Every game they're winning, like, a, they go up in a lead, so they're running the ball in the second half, so he's getting touches. He catches the ball. Their O-line's the best. I mean, Trent Williams is so good. They have so many ways to beat you, and they put him in the best spots that it, I don't really see. It's not crazy for him to just keep this streak going and score a touchdown every game this season. I really don't think that's crazy. No, I, I don't either, especially. He's such a talent, man. And and this, like we we spoke about it, this team's just so good. Talent Offensive with that line, utility. Defensive yep. line, playmakers everywhere. It's like... He's and just then coaching get too, right? Exactly. Like, I mean, he's one of the most brilliant minds in the league, and he's even openly spoken about a play that he calls the cheat, which a lot of teams we're seeing incorporate, whether yeah. it be the Rams or the Dolphins. They're all using this motion to their advantage, and you yeah. could you could better well believe that he's going to find ways to get Iuk, Debo, McCaffrey, all these guys in motion. They're going to kill you. They're going to co- kill you. It's one a copycat league, and everybody's going to copy them. And he knows him and McDaniel's uh, in. Miami, they seem to know how to use it best, which they're under that same coaching tree as well with McVay. These guys just know how to use it the best. And as long as you have those coaches putting your team in a position to always have an advantage, as well as having arguably the most talented team on paper in football, you're going to have good results. And that's shown over the past few seasons for San Fran. Exactly. We got a primetime game on the docket that we're going to talk about next. I, I personally really wish this was not a primetime game, Kieran. We're talking the Kansas City Chiefs at the New York Jets. There's not a lot to get excited about about the Jets at all since losing Aaron Rodgers. The Chiefs are finally starting to get in a role offensively. We just saw them put an absolute beat down on a woeful Bears team. And I think Mahomes is starting to understand how to incorporate a lot of these new receivers that he's working with. So... I, d- I think it's more of the same this week. I think we're going to see a very dominant Chiefs team yet again on uh, prime time. Yeah, if you need a survivor pool, I mean, this is another great one. The 49ers is a good one, too. The Chiefs are great. Uh, minus 8.5, I think, is a great bet for the Chiefs. A lot of the money's going on that, but they're not moving the line. So I don't know what that says, but the Chiefs minus 8.5. The Jets can't do anything on offense. The Chiefs' defense has been smothering so far this season. They've been awesome. With Jones that, coming back, yes, especially. Yes, and so they're... Yeah, Karloftis has been great. He's, He's like amazing. in the top 10 in yeah. pressures as a rookie, right? Like the Chiefs and the 49ers, these teams get richer. The Dolphins with A-Chain, like these guys get richer by finding these guys in the draft who just fit what they need. They may not be the best dude in the draft, but they fit the role that they need filled and they have success, right? Taylor Swift is going to be there again. I like Travis Kelsey. Patrick Mahomes admitted last week he felt pressure to get him the ball in the end zone, get him a touchdown. If they're in the end zone, he looked at him like three times. One just overthrew him. He, he literally one, forced it And another him. one, yeah. he just wasn't open whatsoever. But Kelsey to score a touchdown as easy as it gets. 
the Chiefs minus eight and a half. Mahomes could have a passing touchdown. Pacheco could have a big game because they do move the ball. That offensive line has been pretty good. They find holes. Jarrett McKinnon has been a touchdown machine for them. They just got a lot of options, and I think I I, I think a smart bet that you want to root for is Travis Kelsey to get a touchdown. Chiefs minus eight and a half. They dominate here. The Jets good defense. Their offense is not good. Zach Wilson is just not good. And this isn't this isn't the Chiefs defense of old where. You could find holes, get an early lead on them, and then here comes Patrick Mahomes and they need to create magic to come back. They're willing to let their defense get stops and put them in position to have success. So I think I think that's the way to go. You know, something that stuck out to me because you just mentioned, uh, you met, we talked about Chris Jones and Carl Laftis, and when you have a quarterback sacking himself with uh, Zach Wilson last week, I, I like either of those boys to get a sack this week too. Give me either of them. I think they're going to be pressuring Zach Wilson all night long. They're going to be fucking coming at him because they know he's not comfortable. You have Joe Namath publicly, like one of the biggest legends of all time, criticizing, saying, I want this quarterback gone. He's feeling the pressure, and he's going to feel a lot of pressure in this game. And I will say his play on the field has not been great. They've been backing him, so they've said he's not the reason that they've lost these games. Obviously, he has been a part of the reason because he hasn't been great. But he's not the sole reason they've lost these games. They need to put him in better positions to succeed. They need to know what they have with him. And I will say this about Zach Wilson. I've been really impressed in the way he's been handling this because he's been very mature in his responses and the way he's handling this press with Aaron Rodgers going out. They keep saying about Joe Namath, like, and he's like, I don't know what I did to make him mad, but I hope I could prove him wrong and stuff like that. He's looks like he's matured quite a bit recently. And I would like I just hope that would start showing on the field in his play more instead of just off the field so I think as a person he's been maturing well but I just don't think he has what it takes to keep it close with this Chiefs team who is elect who's are electric on both sides of the ball I do want to mention because I, I just talked about him sacking himself it, it is a joke and I do want to say like he has had a very rough schedule to fill in mm-hmm. for Aaron Rodgers Buffalo he managed to get them a win that's a tough defense the Dallas Cowboys are a very tough defense, and the New England Patriots are a tough defense, and we're talking about a Chiefs defense oh, yeah. that's starting to look good, too. So give this guy a little bit of slack. You know, cut suck, him some slack. He's not great, but he's, he's, he's coming in a tough he's situation. He's doing the right, right things to get himself to a place where he can maybe have this team competing, and that's all you can ask. That's why they brought Aaron Rodgers in, right? They knew this guy wasn't their guy and their starting quarterback to make a Super Bowl run, but... You gotta do. You gotta just deal with what you have. Deal the cards that are dealt at the table, and I just don't think this is the game for no, them. I no, think the Jets can no. make a run maybe later in the season if it, things get a little easier for them. But the Chiefs is not a team you want to play when you need when you need to have a good game. Maybe Week Five against the Broncos is one to keep an eye on. But yeah, well, <laughs> well anyways. Uh... But you know, if the Broncos get if the Broncos get some momentum against the Bears, I know the Jets' defense is a lot better than the Bears. All but... jokes aside, sorry Jesse. Let's let's go Broncos against the Bears this week, man. Um, it's the Seattle Seahawks against the Giants, another primetime Monday night game. And you know, I said it last week. I'm gonna say it again. Give me the Seahawks. Give me the money line. Give me them on the spread. Give me them wherever the fuck you want to give me them. They're just better than the Giants right now. And I, I don't even care if Saquon Barkley comes back healthy. I He might make an impact on this game. I don't think he'll do enough to keep this one close. I'm, I'm saying Seahawks all day, all night here. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously going to be biased in this one, as I say, every week. The first week, I was excited with them. We didn't have this segment going yet. Um... 
and it was disappointing. Week two, I had them. I was worried. We end up having them every which way, and they had that overtime win against the Lions. Last week, we had them every which way, and they end up having a great offensive game. Outside of Justin Meyer, Jason Myers, two out of three missed kicks, which were very makeable kicks that he just happened to pull, especially in that first game he didn't play well. If he would have made two of those three kicks, the Seattle Seahawks right now would have the highest scoring offense in the league, even with that 70-point game. So things are going well in Seattle, right? They had that wake-up game. This game's on my birthday. I'm going to be getting excited all day. I got friends who are Giants fans. Tariq Woolen, Jamal Adams are coming back. We get to see Witherspoon, who had a great game. He's played, So far, he did miss the first game, but he's playing great. As a rookie so far in run protection, like pass and run defense last week. You get him on the other side of a guy who had a fantastic rookie campaign last year. Tariq Woolen, fast, tall, lanky, covers a lot of ground. Witherspoon, very physical. Jamal Adams, if we could bring him back. We got Julian Love. We got Quandre Diggs. If we can get him into a position where we can blitz him and we can have him play free and not try to play the prototypical safety position, which he was never really meant to play. When he was at his best for us and when he was at his best for the Jets, they were letting him play free. He was coming up, sometimes playing a lot of linebacker type stuff, blitzing. That's where we need him to be, right? Our defense is coming back. Charles Cross, our starting tackle, is coming back. Our backup tackles have been fantastic. Our offensive line was great last week. Geno's cooking. Kenneth Walker looked fantastic. Zach Charbonnet took over in the fourth quarter last week. He was running downhill. He looked like Marshawn Lynch out there. He was running dudes over, throwing shoulders through dudes. After a game where Kenneth Walker already had two touchdowns, over 140 yards like with receiving and rushing, he had like 59 yards receiving, which is huge for a starting running back, right? Then you have your number two running back running guy down people's throat and playing physical with them. DK Metcalf with another great game. Tyler Lockett was kind of quiet, but he didn't need to do Clutch anything. Two point Cody Parkinson and Will Disley are right now were the number one and number 12 uh, pass blocking tight ends are and run blocking tight end. I can't remember if it's pass or run blocking, but they're doing very good in protection. They're catching the ball. Cody Parkinson had a lot of catches. This team is rolling. We got Jake Bobo, the undrafted player last year, who's been making te- plays in special teams. He was great for us all preseason, all camp. All these guys can't stop raving about him. He found the end zone. Gino, that we saw a clip on Twitter, Gino was talking about how open this guy's always getting, and he has to get him the ball. This guy's catching great pet catches in the back of the end zone for touchdowns. The scariest thing is Jackson Smith and Jigba has been a pretty much a non-factor, and that's not due to injuries, that's not due to bad game playing. They've just been able, they are a true success by committee type of offense, and they've just been able to find other guys. I look for him to have a couple games this year where they're going to focus on him and break and have a breakout game for him. If there's no Saquon Barkley on the other side of this ball, our pass rush in Seattle has been fantastic. Daniel Jones has been pressured something like 76% of dropbacks or something like that. We need to get this guy in the run. We need to let Jamal Adams loose. We need to let Jordan Brooks, Bobby Wagner, these excellent tackers. We got our two young corners to play physical. Nuwosu, Boyamafe on the defensive line. Uh, Reed last game had his best game of his career on the inside, and he was playing through apparently a significant groin injury, and he just refused to come out and stop playing. He's been fantastic against the run. I think this Seahawks team is rolling right now. I love the confidence they have. Pete Carroll has them cooking 
And that wake-up call week one was right what they needed to realize they can't just roll the balls out. They need to go play. Everybody's getting their touches. I love Seattle here. I love them minus one and a half. I like the money line. I like the maybe a slight alternate spread. And that worries me a lot because putting all your eggs into one basket on your birthday while you're watching that game is a tough scene. But I I just think to see, I mean, we saw how they played the Lions and we see how good the Lions have been since. I don't know if we caught them on an off week or what it is, but their defense looked great last night against the against the Packers. And we made their defense look not that great because we have a lot of options. So many weapons, both sides of the ball. I'm all in on Seattle. You said it, man. I can't, I can't even recap it any better than that. You just said it. Sorry, as good, I got excited as, there. As I good as you could ever there. say it, birthday win for Kier. Let's go Hawks. All the, You know what? I'm, I'm even going to personally bump that line up to minus six. Like I, Now that I know it's a birthday game, Hawks are rolling. Let's go. Uh, before I wrap up, Kier, I want to give a special shout out on our parlay of the week for all you high rollers out there. I got my boy Big Al sending me the big game parlay for this week. And we're talking a three-game touchdown parlay. Najee Harris. You guys know how much I love this guy after my last episode. Pacheco and DeAndre Swift all to get in the house. Plus 11.58. Anyone who wants to ride with my boy Big Al on this one, he's locked in. We're locked in with him and we love it. And that'll that'll pretty much do it for this week. I think we've touched on everything that we possibly need to, Kier. Thank you so much for coming on again love to do this this is i'm pretty excited for a lot of these games this weekend i think we got a good slate of nfl action birthday week birthday team on the birthday week it can't be much better for you personally and any final thoughts before we wrap up if nothing else let's just get a seattle win you know it's it's gonna be a great birthday regardless but that would be a perfect nightcap to a perfect day so i'm looking forward to a lot of these games i think there's a lot of places to attack the board here and watch out vegas you're in trouble yeah, you heard it first, and thank you for all of our listeners once again for following along. Shout out Big Al. Yeah, shout out Big Al, shout out Jesse. Let's go Broncos. Let's see a big win for our, all our teams. Let's go Saints. We we want to get rolling this week. We want to feel good. We want you all along feeling good with us. So let's have a great week for the Gridiron Gang in general. And we're, we're signing off. You can find us, like I always say, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever the hell you guys listen to these podcasts. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share everywhere, man. Just share us because we're rolling now, and we're going to be rolling all season long. Let's ride. Let's ride, baby. <laughs>